We were just talking with Dr. Gorfinkel about this new study regarding our pets and COVID amongst uh, many health headlines. And we wanted to uh, take a bit of a deeper dive, as I know many of you listening are right now concerned about your pet. So here is uh, Cliff the Vet, who joins us once again for more on this. Cliff, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. It's always good to talk to you. Well, likewise. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, if memory serves, didn't we believe that dogs, cats were sort of immune from COVID, that they couldn't get it? Um, a lot of people thought that, but I was actually on uh, the show with your uh, colleague, Carolyn, on the morning show, probably March, two and a half years ago. And uh, I got a lot of flack on social media afterwards when I said that not only are animals sort of uh, uh, just vector carriers, like on their coats, but that cats, we definitely suspected that cats could get COVID. And that's because the coronavirus is incredibly similar to the SARS virus from, what, a decade ago or 15 years ago. And cats got sick, really sick with SARS. So we kind of knew that this was coming. And now the studies out of the University of Guelph and Dr. Scott Weiss have, uh, have proven it. Yeah. Tell us a bit more, if you could, about this study coming out of uh, Guelph and what exactly it's telling us. Yeah, and Dr. Scott Weiss, is, uh, he's sort of the guy in Canada that's really specializing in this because not only is he a veterinarian, but he's an infectious disease specialist for humans uh, and really specializes in zoonotic diseases, which spread from, from different species, right, from animals to us and vice versa. And this study, they basically took uh, cats and dogs and measured antibodies and compared them. And because it was such a large study, it's very statistically accurate. They compared the antibody numbers in cats and dogs from households where the people were known to have had COVID and then compared it to households where they didn't have COVID or most importantly to shelters where they were not sort of being cuddled and kissed and and in direct contact with with people. And uh, they were so surprised. I mean, they knew there was a link, but more than half of the cats, especially in COVID households, had massive amount of antibodies. Um, so it's proven. And, and this was something that even in, uh, in China, they found they were swabbing dogs' noses when the owners had COVID and they actually were picking up COVID and the same strain and et cetera, et cetera. So this has been proven without a doubt. Animals can catch it and cats can spread it back to people. Yeah. And I know the study looked at cats in particular. They are particularly susceptible, are they, Cliff? They are, and not only to, again, SARS many, many years ago, and then now COVID. So cats have much more sort of the, the COVID receptors that the coronavirus attaches to within their lungs and within their sinus system. And thank goodness they have a better immune system than us, so that although they can get sick and show many of the same symptoms that we do, they do fight it off a lot better as long as they're not immunocompromised. But cats have, out of all the sort of domestic animals, and they found this to be a problem in dogs and hamsters and uh, ferrets and the ferret family, like minks and weasels, um, that cats have the highest number of receptors, so are by far the most uh, susceptible to this. Yeah, you mentioned symptoms a moment ago. Let's talk a bit more about that when it comes to a dog or a cat. They experience similar symptoms. Should you be on the lookout for things like uh, fatigue, uh, that, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, they definitely, it's an upper respiratory virus, so you definitely get coughing and sneezing and, and maybe a bit of a nasal discharge or sort of asthmatic type signs. Um, cats especially, they shouldn't pant. They don't, they don't get hot as quickly as dogs do, 
So when cats are open mouth breathing, people think it's panting, but no, it's actually respiratory distress and sort of asthmatic breathing. But then cats and dogs and these other animals can also just feel general lethargy, poor appetite, basically what we call ADR, ain't doing right. So if your animal's feeling sick, I mean, it's probably not COVID. It's probably something else. But regardless, call your veterinarian and, and find out because it's pretty important. Yeah. Is there a rapid test for dogs or, or cats? How, how do you find out definitively? Yeah, there is not. There are tests. So we would actually have to do blood blood sampling um, and, and send it off to the lab. And sometimes they're looking for sort of a, what are called acute antibodies or short-term antibodies. But often they have to do multiple tests where we would draw a blood sample on day zero when the animal comes in, treat sort of the secondary infections and their respiratory distress and get their appetite going, and then retest antibodies later and see if there's a difference, sort of a response, a higher number. And that shows that the body, yes, was fighting off uh, coronavirus. Now, let's be, I'm going to be totally clear here, though. I, I believe personally, in my opinion, that if a veterinarian is commonly running these tests, they're doing a disservice. Um, the danger of coronavirus for your animals is much, much lower. So if an animal came into me showing these symptoms and the family said, I would ask them, have you guys had COVID? And they said, yeah, we had it a week or two ago. I would treat, I would act as if that animal has coronavirus, treat and, and say, don't worry, Mrs. Smith, Fluffy's going to be okay, and not spend the hundreds of dollars on this test, which is not free, not paid through OHIP, um, just to find out something that we probably suspect anyways. Um, but it just means you got to be careful and, and you need to isolate your pet from other animals and from other people if you have COVID, because they probably have it as well. Can I get from my dog or cat from my pet, can I get COVID if they contract it to somewhere else? Can they uh, pass it on to me rather than me passing it on to them? Um, it can go both ways for cats um, and Look, the odds are if you get COVID, you're going to get COVID first because you're out and about and you're a social guy. I know you. You're going to catch it, even though you're being careful, and you're going to give it to your cat uh, versus the other way around. How often is a cat going going out and, and being social, right? Um, but you just then don't want to have people over petting your cat or petting your dog. It is much less likely for a dog to pass it on to a person. And that's because when they did these swab studies in China, Dogs that were coming up positive were often coming up negative within hours afterwards. So they don't have the receptors for the virus to attach to, not to the same number. And their immune system is just different. It's not that it's better, but it's different for coronavirus and is able to fight it off better. All right. So what is the advice for those that have a pet, have got a cat or dog, they've tested positive for coronavirus? Because I know the first thing when you're not feeling good, a lot of people, they just want to, you know, snuggle with their dog. Yeah, um, you know, the, the study talks about staying away from your, from your animal. I think that's unreasonable. That's not going to happen. And by the time you're showing symptoms and you're testing positive, you probably just, uh, sent it to your pet anyways. And you don't want your pet to become depressed because that affects their immune system. Really, the big thing is, is if you have it and you're isolating, then you need to isolate. And you can isolate with your pet, in my opinion. But you need to isolate that pet from other people and from other animals. And if you have to take your dog for a walk, maybe you don't have a backyard, you're going to stay away from people and don't let your dog on a 10-foot leash sniff the neighbor or sniff the dog on the other side of the fence because it can go from one animal to another animal to a person. So just try and stay home. I sound like uh, 
uh, Premier Ford, just stay home, keep your animal home, and please tell your veterinarian if you're COVID positive. We're still going to see your pet, but we have the right to know if your animal might be carrying this disease that we can then pick up and, and pass on to our, our family members. We're going to wear masks and gloves but, uh, and still let you in the exam room, but we, we need to know if your animal might be a, might be a vector species. All right, some important information and a very important study of the University of Guelph. Cliff, really appreciate the time and breaking it down for us. Thanks, as always. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. There goes our friend uh, Cliff the Vet. You're on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.